Thank you for joining us at the Center for Spiritual Living Seattle. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And for further information about our center, or if you wish to make a donation, please visit us at spiritualliving.org. All righty. Good evening again, and welcome to the Sunday night class, workshop, whatever we're calling this thing this week. This month, or this week, we're talking, or working with a book called Relax More, Try Less by Neville Goddard, uh, kind of summarized by Tim Grimes, and it's also known as The Easy Path to Abundance. And so I just got to clear the air first, because when I first picked this up and looked at it and started working with it, you know, who besides me ever had somebody tell them to be calm, just relax? <laughs> How much success does being told to be calm, be relaxed have? Yeah, I see a few. That's exactly like. That's exactly like. the other thing. And and so what I want to acknowledge is that in our culture, right where we are now, that relaxation is not necessarily a good word. It's kind of a dirty word. For example, what happens when you watch? I mean, watching TV or you watch a movie or in a work environment. And you notice the person that's very relaxed. What usually happens next? That's the one who gets eaten or he gets killed. I mean, something happens to that person. Why would anybody want to relax in this society? <sighs> so we've got mixed messages going on. Neville wrote or lived from 1905 to 1972. That was a very different time. And so... What I want to do is honor that he wrote from a place of clarity about what relaxation, what relaxation is in his life. And now we have the opportunity to figure out what that is for us. And so I just want to make sure we all agree that relaxation as being tossed around can, in today's society can, also, can have some negative connotations. But we can also agree that we can set those aside and now talk about what does relax, relaxation mean? So to help that out, I'm going to read a definition because I want to get it right. Relaxation in psychology is the emotional state of a living being of low tension in which there is an absence of arousal, particularly from negative sources such as anger, anxiety, or fear. According to the Oxford Dictionaries, relaxation is when the body and mind are free from tension and anxiety. Who's on with that definition? Okay, so we're going to use that for the rest of the night, and then you're free to go back to your own. The, but let's play with that a little bit and expand it out. So in the definitions that I looked at and came up and, and found, one that I liked was that relaxation is like the process of choosing to be calm or it's about part of releasing tension in the body or the mind or wherever and allowing that to be our state. When we release tension from anything, you know, if you're pulling a rubber band and you release the tension on it slowly, it goes back to equilibrium. It comes back to its natural state. The other is, and I meant to check with, San, uh, with Jennifer on this, there's a term in music about Relaxation is the release following musical tension. 
Sandy, is that the pause? Uh, Jennifer, is that the pause? Yeah, it'd be called called a rest. Yes, and, and yeah. you know, without rest, what kind of music would we have? It might not be quite as we might not like it as much. So relaxation has a real value and a way to play with and to be used in our lives. Now I'm going to very quickly start asking questions. So I'm just giving you a heads up because if you don't ask questions and I do all the talking, I don't have, you know, I just, I don't have as much fun. So we're going to do that in together. So I wanted to ask the question going with, what in our teachings and science of mind sounds a lot like the idea of relaxation? Unmute yourself, share. I think the the first thing that just came to my mind is how so many times I've heard just being one with what is. Mm -hmm. Not trying to fix it or change it or be mad or sad or it's just being into it. Great. So I think me... we often say I go within and I think that's a moment of relaxing because we're going back or going to our center because we know what that is. It's all one. Right. We, we talk about becoming centered or we talk about becoming grounded. Yeah. And I think that that's our short word for the same thing. It's like, oh yeah, let go of all that other stuff. And when we started our time tonight, I asked us all to breathe. Breath. That's an example of coming back to the present moment, to be in the present moment. Uh, so when we talk about that in science of mind, you know, we use words like groundedness, centeredness, oneness, being in the present moment. Those are words that are very close to what Neville was talking about when he spoke about relaxation. And so that's a translation. So if you don't read the book, I wanted to share that with you. And if you do read the book, you'll still need the translation. But it's if you understand where he wrote from, that we can find relaxation in our spiritual teachings and our spiritual practices. And that's very close to what he was trying to get at. So let me ask you another question. Are any of those spiritual practices, um, well, let me shift it. Those feelings of oneness and stillness and present momentness, those all feel pretty good, right? Are yep. not? <laughs> You're free to say no, please. But I think they feel pretty good when I get there. So why don't we do them more often? I don't know about you, but I have to tell myself that many times a day. So. Okay. So what, key, what keeps me from getting into the relaxation or the present moment state a lot of times is simply life. There, I'm at work, there's pressures, there's time constraints. Typically, there's some kind of constraint that's going on that's got me more focused on what's happening then focused on who I am or how I'm being. That's, and that's not bad or wrong or anything. I'm not trying to make, make it bad or wrong. It's just living in our living in 3D world has things that are our requirements that we have to do, we have to show up for. And then frankly, we have way more opportunities to get input. Our phones, our computers, 
TVs. There's just so many things hollering for our attention that staying in that moment of, of present momentness or being centered or grounded is a, probably a little more challenging than it might be, might have been in the 50s. But they had their challenges as well. And we have ours. But my, so, but for me, what I think is, and this is a question, is it worth it to go and do spiritual practice and look for finding that place of centeredness and present momentness, being grounded and calm? Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Yeah. I, would say, I would say absolutely too. And, it, but it's super frustrating if I can't get there and I really want to mm -hmm. be. That's a good point. We'll come back to that. Thanks, Barb. So the other thing that makes it worth it for me is that when we find these states of, of stillness and oneness and, and more peace, what happens to our blood pressure? What happens to our heart rate? How do we feel during those times? Generally, I find for myself and I hope for you is that when I take the moment to to relax or to spend time in just contemplation or meditation or doing a spiritual practice, I find myself feeling like, you know, this, I feel better. And those times also give me an idea of what I don't want to experience. So our mind likes having distinctions between, you know, if, if this feels good and this doesn't feel good, it helps to say, okay, I like this better. Let's do this instead of that. To recognize when we're not being centered or grounded and versus when we are. Those are things to be aware of, not out of judgment, just simply as, okay, I, I can make a different choice. All righty, still with me? Any questions, suggestions? There's a thumb up, Barb. Oh, that was a thumb up. That's not a question. I think she's just agreeing. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Thank you. So used to seeing little hands pop up. I'm just that was a, okay. So so there's what Neville's offering through his through this his writings is this ability to find ourselves in a place that's very still and very centered and grounded, a relaxed state of mind, no tension. For how he approached it was and was that his idea of ideal relaxation was that moment right before you would go to sleep. In meditation, it's where you're there and you've been meditating and you're like, if I don't move now, I'm going to wake up in about three hours. You're that close to being so relaxed you could go to sleep. Or it could be that you're in that place of relaxation that you're so connected and grounded that you know if you moved forward from this place, you're going to do it in a different way than you would if you came out of tension or just regular life. Neville is calling us to find that place in ourselves where we can be so still that we are truly relaxed and at one. Now for me, that's not always the way I get relaxed. And so I want to offer us a chance to say and, and share 
what ways work for you? Because just like spiritual practices, not every spiritual practice is the same for everybody. And there are no bad or broken wrongs for whatever spiritual practice you choose. My encouragement is always just to pick one and, and work with it. You find your way to find your center, your groundedness, your present momentness. Uh, Laurie, I saw your fingers up. Are you... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on the more active one, like not so much like right before I go to sleep. For me, it's when I, there's that peace when you turn and you go, okay, I got it. To mm -hmm. me, that's, that's the, that's the kernel, not I'm ready to go. I'm so relaxed. I go to sleep. It's that I'm, right. I'm at a new spot and I'm in a new direction. Mm -hmm. So I, th I look at it as an active thing as opposed to a, a zoned out, zoned in, you know. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Somebody else want to share one? I find that um, lately, well, within the past year, I've been doing Qigong. I started out in Tai Chi and then went to Qigong. And I find that it's like the world just melts away and I'm just totally right in the present moment. And it's so peaceful. And it's like what you were just saying, why don't I do that more often? <laughs> I should be doing that a couple of times a day. But again, something that will come up I have to go somewhere, you know, do something, and I don't have that 20 minutes, but because uh, it takes just a little while to kind of work into it, it mine's more active also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the chapter that we're working with this, this week is actually called um, um, How to Relax More Consistently, and these questions that I've been asking is, have been aimed at helping to recognize what a relaxed state is for you. Because if, for, and, and going off of what was just shared, I am most relaxed sometimes in the middle of physical activity. If I am wound around the axle at work, the best thing I can do for myself is to go work out, whether it's a formal workout or a long or a walk but it's to get into a physical activity that causes my mind to shut off for a little bit. You know, shut up, as case may be, but shut off so that I'm just in that moment of the exercise or a bicycle ride is one that works for me. If I'm on a bike out riding, the mind has got to focus on making sure <laughs> we stay upright doesn't have the space to worry about anything else. And the feeling that I get out of that is I'm just so much in, at one with the ride, with the movement, with where I'm going and where I've been. It's very present moment. It's very centered and grounded, even though it's very active. So that's two examples of how we can find that relaxed state in activity. Someone else, what works for you? Della? Thank you, and Michelle? Oh my gosh, okay. I try to get down to the beach every day for the salt water, for the ions, to get rid of the positive ions, um, mm -hmm. and walking uh, uh, barefoot to ground. Mm -hmm. 
I know it's an effort. It's an effort to do this and take and and you know get that time set aside for it. Mm -hmm. But thank you. Thank you. Someone else. I in um, in my men's group this morning we were talking about uh, not this but somebody brought up the idea of of the seven highly effective habits of of successful people that book from the 80s and it's apropos in this because that what we're talking about is becoming committed to a creating a pattern or creating a habit um, that supports us not a habit that pulls us to the side like facebook but a habit that supports us and, and it's such a broad range to choose from i start my day ideally I love getting downtown, getting the same breakfast at the deli that's in my building and reading the newspaper every morning. If I do that, I go upstairs to my office in just a really settled, ready state for what's next. And I know that because if I don't get to do that, I come in a little grumpy. And, but it's recognizing what supports me in being more present in each moment. Anyone else have another one? So I've got one more. Uh, Sandy. Yeah, I mine is gardening. Right. Getting my hands in the dirt and um, focused on where I'm trimming. Um, yesterday I was out trimming a bush. Um, I, I just get so focused on that that everything else just is quiet. Um, mm -hmm. And and again, being in the dirt and the soil connecting to the ground. Those are two of my favorite, favorite ways of doing that. Right. Did I see another hand? Yes, Patricia. I have those adult coloring books and I just love color, anything that has to do with color. And those adult coloring books where you're, you know, that aren't for kids are really, really find that relaxing too. All, a lot of these are talking about an action that we're doing, you know, like with coloring, you've got your hands on the pencil or the pen and you're moving the, mo mo the movement and seeing the immediate effect. Another place that for me is very much a place of relaxation when I, I'm in a, not allowing myself to be pushed is the first two steps of science, spiritual mind treatment. The, the recognition of, of spirit, the oneness that is the source of all. And to really go into claiming that and knowing that. And then in step two of a spiritual mind treatment is the connection, unification with that oneness. For a lot of times, those two steps are all I need and I'm complete. But that's a way that I can, you know, I've given my mind a little bit to do of saying the words of doing those two steps, maybe even bouncing between them, which you're not anyway, but <laughs> to, to play with that idea of just becoming that oneness with spirit is another way to get into that present moment, to find my connectedness and get grounded. So what I, what Neville has shared and what I'm wanting to convey this week is that, our ability to connect 
deeply, to connect with ourselves, to relax, to become in that oneness, that place of, of, of centeredness and groundedness is a stepping stone in, in Neville's work that you'll begin more about next week, the stepping stone toward having a more thriving and fulfilling and abundant life. It's, that's why I think steps one and two have that effect of me for spiritual mind treatment. It's getting me ready to be in that oneness to where I make my request and call upon the law. I'm doing it from a place of such oneness and groundedness that my word is much more clear and heard, heard into spirit or moves into spirit from that place. So my invitation this coming week is for you to think of what really gets you feeling relaxed, whether it's active or, or, or the still relaxed, but whatever gets you relaxed and just this week, find, I offer to choose to make a time that you can hold for that each day. Don't matter. It doesn't matter how long, but just find a time morning, noon, night, whichever works for you that you can grab a little bite of time to just do that practice or to simply do a practice of that works for you to bring you into your center, to allow you to find that spot where you really feel relaxed and at peace.